Hola, amiga. I believe the only way to create a life of your dreams is by taking massive action that makes shit happen. Basically, amiga, handle your shit. Yes, I said that. Handle your shit. Stop playing small and start breaking down cultural limitations, gain back your feminine power, and become the unapologetic and unstoppable Latina you were destined to be. This show is meant to inspire, motivate, and awaken your soul's potential. You will learn from business professionals, successful entrepreneurs, and creatives that will teach you mental corrections, insider tips, success strategies, and of course, a dose of personal development. I am your host, Jackie Tapia, lawyer, transformational life coach, and entrepreneur. I am also a wife and mom to a little badass Latina. I'm obsessed with changing the Latina's mindset and breaking down cultural barriers so that you can live your best life and step into your true power and start living a life of abundance in all ways and always. Join me for inspiring conversations with thought leaders and learn how to handle your shit. ¿Estás lista? Vámonos. Hello, 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 amigas, and welcome to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. I have a beautiful soul here today with me. Her name is Marlene Forte, and you've seen her on TV and in movies and in theater. I'm telling you, she is a superstar. So I'm so excited to introduce to you this beautiful soul. So let me tell you a bit about her, although I already know you know. So let me just tell you, she's uh, played a Latino character for some time now. Marlene is a great example of how to get ahead in Hollywood. She is proof that the stereotyping pendulum is slowly but surely swinging as Hollywood tries to correct course after years of being behind on how society views Latinos and other minority groups alike. The story that lies behind Marlene Forte's Hollywood success is nothing short of inspirational, unfolding like a rags-to-riches movie script. It is a story that not only anyone can relate to, but also feel inspired from. When Marlene turned 30, she decided to become an actress. That's a late start for most occupations. In Hollywood, it's nearly unheard of. But for this Cuban-born girl named for one of Tinseltown's brightest stars, perhaps the journey was predestined. Forte has carved for herself a successful, if unlikely, career to say the least. It started in Havana, Cuba, where Forte was born. When she was nine months old, she just, as Fidel Castro's regime began to take a hold in late 1950s, her family moved to New York City. When Forte was Three. They moved to heavily Cuban Union City and later to West New York and then North Bergen. She studied at Fairleigh Dickinson University in Teaneck as an English major and completed graduate work at Montclair State University to become a teacher before deciding in the mid-80s to get into acting. She had always wanted to but it seemed too unstable a career path for the oldest daughter in an immigrant family, a young mother who had married and later divorced her high school sweetheart. 
Forte opened and ran a video store for six years as sort of an intense film education. Then she sold the place, took classes at the Lee Strasberg Theater, and snagged an adjunct spot at the lab, where she shadowed such actors as Sam Rockwell and Philip Seymour Hoffman. Naysayers called her too old and everything else, but that didn't stop her from moving to Los Angeles with her daughter, Giselle Rodriguez Forte and pursuing her dream. And we know how the rest of the story turned out. With a name like Marlene Forte, one can only expect to meet a woman of great strength and determination. And that she is. An extraordinarily talented actress, armed with a wicked sense of humor and feistiness, and blessed with certain fiery Latina charisma. From Cuba to Union City to Hollywood. Maybe not the conventional route, but that suits Marlene Forte just fine. After decades in the industry, Forte was one of those familiar faces to which you, you'd have trouble putting the name. Yet she certainly played them all. She stands a successful character actor who has been consistently making her marks on both small and big screens with a slew of roles running the gamut of genres. In fact, her work reads like the ultimate directory of TV shows and blockbuster hits that have become staples in Hollywood. She has appeared in countless TV series and sitcoms from Crossing Jordan, The George Lopez Show, The Mentalist, Law and Order, Bones, Daybreak, The West Wing, ER, Lost, Castle to House of Pain, 24, Community, and the secret life of the American teenager, among many others. On the movie side, she played the transporter chief in 2009, J.J. Abrams' Star Trek reboot, Mrs. Glass in Real Women Have Curves, and the unforgettable Pillar Brown in Our Song, opposite Carrie Washington in The Scandal. She appeared recently in Marlon Wayans' parody, A Haunted House, and Tyler Perry's A Single Mom's Club. Wow, she's done so much. And of course, I mean, she's got so many, many accolades. And she's working on The Lincoln Lawyer, which I'm just deeply fascinated. You know me as a lawyer. I love to see those shows. And she also plays a role in The Rookie, which is also being played presently. So I'm excited that I had this fabulous opportunity to interview her. God, there's so much we were talking about. And uh, I just want you all to get to know her. She's such a beautiful human being. And you know what? Without further ado, this is Marlene Forte. Hello, 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 amigas. And welcome to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. Okay, Amigas, you're not going to believe who I have here with me today. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so excited. It's Marlene Forte. OMG, you ladies have heard her, have seen her in uh, so many shows. Oh, my God. Once you hear more about her, you're going to be like, wow, she was in that. She was in that. Yes, yeah, she is so, so special. She's been known as the Latino's mother actor. And so I'm just excited because after I had read her bio, I'm like, wait a minute, I've seen her before. I've seen her before. And I'm like, yes, I've seen her in many, many films, like <laughs> A Single Mom's Club, like Real Women Have Curves. 
I mean, and she's now on Lincoln Lawyer. Hello. Shit. I've got a lot of questions. <laughs> I want you to welcome Marlene Forte to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. Welcome, 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 my love. Oh, well, thank you for having me. I love your title of your podcast. <laughs> I love Amiga Handle Your Shit because I am a handle your shit kind of lady. <laughs> yes, yes. And that's why it was so important to have you here because you have been handling your shit for a while. And I know that prior to acting, I mean, you went through a different life. Like, I feel like you did like two lives, yes. <laughs> right? I did the, my beginning life for my parents. And like, I was a good immigrant girl. I was born in Cuba. I came here. I was raised in a Cuban community. I married my high school Cuban uh, boyfriend. I had a child right out of high school while we were in college. Thank God it was, you know, like 12 months after because everybody was counting. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just, you know, and at that point, uh, I, we played house for four years because we were both in college. And he had to drop out for a year. You know, we had the, you know, we were just young kids. I mean, he was out of, we were both out of high school. So I crazy. know. <laughs> I, I, and I know you have a daughter. So for you to even think back, like if your daughter got married. At well, that that's time. what I was thinking. The minute that she turned 18, which is like when I got married right out of high school, I was like, what were my parents thinking? But, you know, immigrants, a young woman, I'm the oldest of three girls. And, you know, you get married faster. You don't get in trouble. You don't get pregnant. You don't get, you know, all the bad things that women could get into, you know, right. out there in the bad world. So I did all that for everybody, really. And at some point, and, you know, listen, I say everything happens for a reason. There is nothing ever lost for an actor. Yeah. All that goes into my U-Haul again that I can then bring in to these words that are all the same words as I was telling you earlier that everybody is going to say, but nobody has walked in my shoes. So I'm going to take whatever my shoes or whatever is in my, I tell my daughter, you put that in the U-Haul. You put the good, the bad, the ugly, you put it in the U-Haul. And at some point <laughs> you pull it out when you need it and maybe you'll never need it again, but right. it's there and you can't yeah. take it away and right. you don't have to live in it and you don't have to wallow in it, but you have to own it. Yes. And don't yes. say I put all that into these words that everybody's going to say. Nobody yes. has my U-Haul. No. Nobody has my U-Haul. Nobody has your... I love that. Put it in the U-Haul. <laughs> like, I've never heard of that concept, but it, it does resonate with me because although I'm not an actress, but I am a lawyer. It's life stuff. That's what you yeah. can do because that's who you are. Yeah. Whatever you're doing, the your best foot forward is to lean into who you are. Mm, That's I your know. best foot forward. Don't yes. try to figure out what do I want. What do I, no, no, no. Figure this out. I'm like, okay, I know what to do with this. Yes. Do it. Yes. So you leaned into who you are. So you were a mom at 19. That's why I played so many mothers. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I know all kinds of moms. <laughs> Oh, I was very early. Nobody was being a mom at my age. I was early on. My daughter grew up among adults. Yeah. Why I think she's so smart. Yes, <laughs> but, uh, yes, yes. Because she grew up among adults, among other actors. You know, 10 years old, I'm schlepping around to rehearsals. And at three, I got divorced. And I, and I knew that, you know, I knew it early when I got out. And, you know, I'm always six, six steps ahead of myself or try to be. And I was like, I don't want my daughter to have a recollection of mom and dad together. Because then that's going to be trauma. Uh, but if she has a so I mean I remember that I was like oh man if I continue she's was she turned three and I was like yeah anymore and I knew he wanted more kids 
And God bless him. He's a good dad. He found a wonderful woman. He has his three girls and plus Giselle that he wanted. He, he got everything he wanted. Right. But not with me. Yeah. I wanted something else, you know, and I knew that. And then my daughter just, it was just me and her. And I had a community. It takes a community, girl. And knowing, being a good Latina, I knew that. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't have to be super woman. I have to be super organized. <laughs> <laughs> just have people bring him in as how I'm doing with my parents now I'm like I know how to I know how to do this we know how to take care of people yeah. we know how to feed five people with um, two chicken breasts and a yeah. carrot yeah yeah <laughs> yeah the nada se hace algo algo yeah so I she grew up you know among adults in the theater community her grandparents on his side he was always around even though he went to school and because we were both young we were both very young immigrants Bien jovencitos. Yeah. Yeah. So I read that you were an English major and that you were going to teach. Yeah. Yeah. And- well, I was at Montclair State College getting my master's to be a teacher when I finally quit. So I was going to do that. And then, or I thought of becoming a lawyer, which is what my parents wanted me to be. And I had really good grades and I was smart and I had taken the, I took it. The, I'm not very good at testing. So I took the LACTs the first time yeah. and I was like, eh. And I took it again and it was the same exact. And I was like, okay, so this is not going to be my forte, no pun intended. I'm going to have to get into law school another way. And the truth was, and I had great recommendations. And I was like, I'm just staying in school because I'm prolonging because I don't want to get a job. I don't want, I want to be an actor. I want to, you know. And I was like, yeah, almost 30. And I thought I didn't finish my master's. I dropped out. I have one year left to become a teacher. Yeah. And even my English major, to be a choice of undergrad English major, it wasn't because I would have been, an, I would have gone right into acting since 10 years old. Oh, wow. But I knew I wanted to be that all my life. But my parents were like, you're going to study what? <laughs> what? ¿Qué, qué, qué eso? No, eso, eso es un hobby on the weekends. ¿Qué, qué, qué actuación? <laughs> I'm like, what? No, I can imagine because, I mean, traditional Latinos, it's like you go the correct way, the right path. Hey, especially you know? if you pu- if they pulled you out of a communist, you're going to do better. You're not going to be a starting actor. Right, right. You stayed in a socialist country for that. Right. Yes. <laughs> what are you talking about? Right. Yeah. So how shocking to them when you said, I'm they doubling cried. down. I'm doubling yeah. down on this. Yeah, they cried, but they're so proud of me. They're my big, my father, my father named us all after actors. He wanted, he looked like Sal Minio growing up. Yeah. You know, he was so cute and so pretty and he loved actors and we watched all the Frank Sinatra movies and he wanted to be a rap. He was just like, he wanted to be an American. That's why we lived, we came straight to New York. We're yeah. Cubans and never stopped in Florida. Really? All my family is in Florida. Now even my sisters live in Florida, but no, yeah. No. Oh wow, yeah. Well, that is very different because yeah, everybody goes to Florida instead of New York. Yeah. Okay, so now you decided you're going to be an actress. I mean, according to Hollywood, like this is starting late in the career. Yeah, I was you almost thirty. You must have had a really challenging time because not only woman starting later, Latina starting latina bajita gordita you know it was not i was no sofia vergada coming in was like... everybody thinks they're either jlo's sofia's yeah yeah no no i knew i knew but you want to know something when you make a decision to do something the universe conspires to help you but you have to make that decision 100 if there is any doubt the universe will not help mm-hmm. it just won't because you haven't made that decision 
Right. Once you make a decision, whether it's acting or coming and living with my parents, (laughs) (laughs) you make a decision and the universe conspires. And I got right into uh, it was a company that was starting off Latinos actor space. And I auditioned and I got in. So the universe was conspiring and, and I got a job waiting tables. That was the hardest thing for my parents. Oh my God, mi hija, una mesera, que tu fuiste a la universidad, que esto, que lo otro. Like, you, you know, my mother was looking for jobs for me until I did the, until I did the single white clothes. It's okay. I was uh, uh, William Levy's mother and then she was like, oh my God, you've made it. By the way, I think William Levy's like five years older than, younger than me. But, <laughs> I mean, I don't worry about my age. I just worry about my job. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I just need, I'm a single mom. I need to keep my insurance. I need to, you know, I did commercials. I was never like, oh, I'm going to be a serious actor. I am a serious actor. I do theater. That's as serious as it gets. Yeah. And, you, and you do it for free because there's never any money in the theater. Yeah. Uh, but, at, you know, I needed to make a living and I wanted to make a living at what I love to do. Right. And that was just my, that became my focus. I waited tables for seven years. It was was slow, drippy, drip, 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 drip. But at this point in my career, I'm like, I earned all that. Yes. It it was drip, 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 but I earned every single one of those. Yes. The universe was conspiring with you to make it happen. Yeah. I love it. Even now, even now, because my sisters were like, you are crazy. You're going to lose your husband and your career. How are you going to work? How are you going to do this? And I was like, I don't know. It will, I'll hire people when I'm working. I'll have money. We'll hire. I mean, it'll work its way out. Yeah. And I've never been busier. And my husband and I are, I mean, we've been married 15 years and we kind of very lucky because we weren't, we had 15 years of traveling and 15 years. And now we're like, oh, now we have children, our parents. His yeah. mom and and now and it was okay and we've never been stronger. So it's like you just have to commit to your decision, no matter how crazy you have to take that leap and say, okay, I'm going to do this. It doesn't matter what you're doing, acting, changing your career, having another child, not having any children, whatever it is. Yeah, you have to commit to what's in front of you, and the universe conspires, man. It does. I'm you know I have a I'm a person of faith. Yeah. I don't know. I'm a recovering Catholic because being a good, you know, Latina girl, I went to Catholic school, which yeah. made me, yeah. you know, daily against the Catholic faith. But, <laughs> you know, so I like to say I am a person of faith and there is something bigger. And I think it is the universe. And, and whether that's Buddha or Allah or Jesucristo, it's bigger than us. And yeah. I think there's more than one. Yes, there's definitely. Is this a energy? I mean, I'm. there's always problems in every. Every, every, religion. every most religions are very misogynistic, by the yeah. way. All, yeah. of them. <laughs> all of them, all of them. But I, for me, it's always like taking the rituals and the real beauty of it. That's what I like the values, the values to be kind, yeah, to respect human people, right? People, not by the color of their race or by their wallet or if they have not enough teeth or too many teeth or whatever. Yeah. Kinky hair, not kinky hair. You know, it's just, it's like, oh, he's the plumber or, or the president of the bank. It's like this, especially Latinos, this caste system, this beyond racism. If there's a caste system attached to that too, which is, 
heaven. <laughs> I know, I know. And you know, just being Latinos, I think that we can create so many stories because of our lives. Really. Yeah. We can yeah. create so many stories and in this whole like the co Catholic, like Catholic like, Catholic, you know, minus or whatever it is. Yeah. Even that is a story in itself. It could be comedy or it could be tragedy. <laughs> well, I like to do yes, you are right. And the way I want to do it now, because I have made a living at a lot of tragic, I, I haven't done enough comedy in my career, and I really do like comedy. So I'm hoping that in my elderly career i am going to have a lot more laughter and i think that's that's happening too and even the parts that i'm playing they're a little smirkier they're a little not so weepy or or and the parts the parts are different yeah there are more parts now uh that are more layered and that's well i've been a big part of it of the change absolutely let's talk about the parts that you are playing let's talk about some of the parts right now because i know you are Netflix season two, Lincoln Lawyer. I'm like, what the heck? Awesome. That's a little train that could, right? I love this show. Yeah. I love the writing in it. I love the crew in it. I love the cast in it. I love being part of it. And I love being part of it. Last season, even though it was just one day, the character, the writing is so delightful. And I just, I had auditioned to be, play a bigger part, to play the main judge in that season. And I auditioned to play something else and I didn't get those two. And then they offered me this one day and I said, you know what, I'm going to do it because I want to be part of this thing. Yeah. And then this season they just called and said, you're going to be the main lawyer this year. Teresa Medina is coming back. And I got to be the main lawyer in the, the case this year. So, so how, how did it feel? Like, did you prepare for that? Because, you know, as a lawyer, I'm like, I'm when I watch these lawyer programs, I'm like, okay. That's an objection. That is leading. <laughs> well, you know what it is, what I have uh, now done more because, uh, yes. And and now I was listening to that Murdoch case, that guy yeah. who killed his wife. So I was shooting in chat words and I would listen to the trial on the way up in the morning and coming back because I just wanted to be in that head. Right. 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 And there were points that I would be like, Nobody's objecting. That's objection. Objection. <laughs> it's not allowed. And now I'm doing that, you know, and, and, to, and to be clear, look, again, I, I have a little bit. I did some law classes and whatever. So I'm not. And I've always been fascinated by the law. You know, I love Perry Mason. I love shows like that. So it wasn't completely new to me, like medical programs are much harder for me because I don't like medicine. I'm, my brain, that side of my brain doesn't work. So it gets really hard for technical stuff. And, and I have dyslexia. So somebody, I can't say the words. It's that's hard for me. This was not hard. This was fun, which is why I, I also loved the idea of just, I didn't care. It was just one day. I'm like, I want to do this role. This is a very funny role. It's a really a couple of really good scenes. I want to do more funny. Yeah. So I have to pursue and take those things as they come my way. And then again, you do it. And the universe brings it back to you again. You just ah. commit to it and you do it. And the universe and Miguel is Miguel is Manuel Rufo Garcia. He is just, oh, I call him Miguel because it's Manuel. Miguel is the name of the uh, character. He's a delight. Mm. I didn't know who he was when I worked with him last year. And I knew that he was, he's a Mexican, he's actor de Mexico, but he's based both here in LA and Mexico. And, um, but I had never met him. And at this point, I've been doing this for a long time. So, you come around again and you start to see, and I played a lot of people's moms and I was like, huh, I don't know you. 
where have you come from? And he's a tall glass of water too. He's <laughs> handsome and witty and charming. And so we had a great time. My scenes were with him because I'm the judge. He's the lawyer. And I was like, wow. He, and then I watched the show. And I'll tell you, I watched the show because I don't have a lot of time, especially recently with taking on my parents because I had such a wonderful time with him. And he was so charming. I was like, I'm going to see this guy because, you know, he was filling the, the shoes of Matthew McConaughey. It's like yeah. the Lincoln Loan, and everybody's like, oh, that's Matthew McConaughey. I was like, first of all, he shouldn't have been. He should have been a Latino. Yeah. <laughs> Second of all, I know he owned it, and he's, he was wonderful. I love Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. But when you see him in this, you're Matthew McConaughey who? Yeah, Because yeah. he owns it. He is so charming. He fits right into the landscape of Los Angeles, which is such a big part of all the Connolly show, uh, books. So it was like a delight. And I feel everybody that saw it saw it and it was a surprise. Uh-huh. It was very little advertising, but it was him. It was his chemistry. Becky is, uh, Newman is amazing. She's funny, but right on that line where you're funny, but in life funny, not like. Huh. <laughs> and it was just, it was a gift. It was the universe giving me a gift in November. Another <laughs> gift. Another gift. It just keeps coming. I mean, this is amazing. And, you know, as a lawyer and watching lawyer, it's not the same. Well, I hope I do a good job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's interesting because when I see these lawyer shows, I have my lawyer hat, obviously. I'm like that, like the judge being played. I'm like, that's a good judge. I wish I had that judge in my court. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's judges. Oh, man. I've been in front of some that, why yeah. the heck are you a judge? You're so yeah. not damn impartial. You're such a dick. Well, and there lies the rub, right, of our yeah. system. Yeah. So it, yeah. there's so much. I know it. I, and I do believe in the system. And I, again, if I was going to be anything, I would have been a lawyer because I like the world of it. I like the justice of it. I like, you know, fighting for the underdog. I probably wouldn't have made any money as a lawyer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But the truth is that there is a pull. I like to say the business of any business is Mm. hideous. Mm. The business of any business is hideous. The business of insurance is not to cover you. The business of insurance is to deny you. The business of my business is not to make sure you make a living at it. The business is for the producers to make as much money as they can make and keep the grind going. The business of medicine these days is not to heal people, but to get people addicted to big pharma. The business of any business, this is a little socialist in me, right? Is hideous. And how do we balance that? Well, we can all still make a living. I am not really. I am a capitalist. I like nice things. I like going in first class. Trust me, I like all of that because yeah. I work for it and I can right. afford it. And you deserve it. And afford it, I don't do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have the choice. Yeah. <laughs> but let's just call a spade a spade. Right? This country is based on business, you know, yeah. and, and we have to find a balance because corporations are not humans Mm-mm. and they're not human beings. They are run by human beings. And they get cut and they cut people because they need to cut 200 people. And they don't care that you might be in the middle of a chemotherapy and they don't care that you are head of household with three kids and they don't care. And then they give you six months and they want your silence for a year. So what are you supposed to do with your kids? Stick them under a bridge for six months. So nobody gets mad at your company. Yeah. 
Are you kidding me right now? I'm like, girl, preach. I love it. <laughs> you could have, yeah, you could have made an excellent lawyer for sure. <laughs> Hopefully I continue to play lawyers and judges. On yeah, 1000%. I really, really appreciate this conversation because not many people would speak truth about what really is going on. That's the biggest problem we have right now in this country. We've forgotten to human beings. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter race. Mississippi, it's not black or white. It's poor people. It's like 35% poor, all colors. Yeah. I drove through that city. I'm like, this is America. I know. It kills me. And my parents didn't bring me to this. Girl, oh my God. You know, I I appreciate this conversation because I'm telling you, like as someone who has practiced immigration, I've seen too many people get deported over stupid ass fucking shit. Yeah. It's little technicality because the yeah. law even, the law is not made to protect you. It's made the, the defense is going to try to protect it and the other guy's going to try to use it to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. To yeah. break you down. He's going to use the law to break you down. And you're like, yeah. the business of the business. I don't care what business it is. Yes. It becomes priority. The human race is in trouble. Yes. <laughs> and I think that the more we talk about it, I hope that we can have more in line conversations like this. Yeah. Right? We have to move to the middle. We have yeah. to stop being so judgmental. Stop being afraid. Stay woke, but not to the objection, not to the extreme where your wokeness is so woke that you're shutting down other people. And you know what? Racism does exist. And there's a reason for it. And we can't believe it, make believe it didn't happen. Therefore, it'll go away. Or we don't talk about it or we don't offend. I'm like, theater. Theater is meant to offend and ignite. You're going to start to censor theater because you feel uncomfortable? Oh my God. What You're the supposed heck? to feel uncomfortable. That's what we're there for. I know. We're supposed to make you so uncomfortable that you go home and you don't stop talking about what you just saw. Right. Right. That's art. It's, and it's like, that's all like, art. It is. You know, I went to see Dave Chappelle and like, he's taking the hits because he is making light of something. And it's like, you have to talk about it and yes. you have to talk about it through comedy, the seriousness of things. That's going back to what you had said. The only way that you can really get anything done is through making somebody laugh yeah. because you can disarm somebody a little bit. You're going to have literally open your mouth. This is an actor thing, right? Yeah. You have to keep your mouth open when you're working because you're breathing, you're receiving and extending. Yeah. You're mad and you're like this and you're doing this to the audience. You've lost them. Yeah. If you endear them. And you make them go, <laughs> you've got their mouth open. Feed them. Yes. Feed them some truth, girl, right there. Yes. Yes. Right? Yes. That's true comedy. Right. But if, that, if you get upset because you're up, you get, then you're just like, what are you doing? What are we doing? Yeah. Where it's have we come? Like, wait, where? where? Extremes, extremes, extremes are dangerous. It's crazy. I'm like, art is meant to offend. Art is ignite. Ignite. Make you uncomfortable? Yes. It's like I don't care that you don't agree with me. Good. Let's have a conversation and a debate. Remember debate? Uh, Yeah, but but nowadays it doesn't. uh, You can't anymore. You're in or you're out. You're You're on my side or you're not. Yeah. And it's black or white. Right. Yeah. It's extremes. There's no grays. 
It's so, it's so sad. I mean, I have an 11 year old daughter and where the world is going, I'm like, I'm Harry. so sad for you because my daughter doesn't want to have a daughter. My daughter's probably your age. My daughter's going to be teaching to kill me for keeping saying her age, but <laughs> she looks like she's 20. And she's like, mommy, I create art, but I'm not creating yeah. it. Yeah. Well, there's enough humans out here. There's enough <laughs> humans. I know, I know. And it's so sad. I remember the days when I used to just be able to go to Mexico, like, como si nada. Now there's all this fear and there's all this kidnapping. And then over here, it's like, you can't say shit because somebody else is going to get offended. Which yeah. Is crazy. I know. And look, at this point, it's funny because, of course, I, I've probably never offended anyone because I don't do a lot of media stuff. But at this point, I know myself as a human being and I try not to offend anybody. But I will make you feel uncomfortable if I think you're wrong. I'm going to say, hey, you're wrong. Hey, that that's not right. And I'm going to speak up. And I teach my daughter to do that. And I think that as women, we have to stop apologizing mm. for that. Yes. It's like, I'm sorry, but I don't think you're right. I'm like, no, no. No, I don't think you're right. I don't think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's an art to and it. And I'll tell it's you like, why. I yeah. don't think you're right. But I'm not apologizing for you, just agreeing with you. And I'm not. And just as anybody should be, if you're upset, hey, you shouldn't say that. Well, tell me why. Let's let's discuss it. Right. But otherwise, you're in or you're out, or you're in my camp, or you're out, and I won't come to see you, and I'm not going to listen to that music anymore, and I'm not. I'm like, okay, well, that's why we live in America. Yeah. But everybody has that choice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right <laughs> now, I'm like, it? I don't even know if we do anymore because <laughs> it's like we're being shunned at every door. If I see something that is like, even if you go to Instagram, whether you're for vaccines or not vaccines, you get shunned. Like, have you noticed? Oh, I know. It doesn't matter. I try not to do any, any of that. I just try to say I'm an actor. And for me to make a living, I have to be vaccined. I take care of my yeah. grandparents, my parents. I, I have older people around me. I, I, It's not a choice for me. Yeah. But it's like, isn't this America where we get to say whatever we want to say? No, only if I agree with you. Only <laughs> like, if I agree with you. What? 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 I'm like, well, we don't listen to the op- opposing side. We don't yeah. listen to opposing. I listen. You know, I, I'm a liberal. Everybody knows it. But I'll listen to Fox News. It's hard. But I need to know what they're saying so I can debate it and say, okay, that's wrong and that's wrong and that's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's have a conversation. You that's know? acting 101, by the way, listening. Yeah. Yes. I should be an actress too. Six <laughs> degrees of separation, honey. <laughs> oh my God, Marlene, I love this conversation. So, I mean, I, you, you've been doing Lincoln Lawyer and, and I know that you've been doing Rookie. Now, what's next after all this? Do you have anything? We have a couple of movies that are on the launching pad. There's this beautiful movie called Aristotle and Dante Discover the Secrets of the Universe. It's based oh on a young reader's novel, book, uh-huh. you know, and it's delightful. It's got Eva Langoria and Ervis in it and Veronica Falco. It's all Latino, all Latino cast. Oh my God, I love that. The most beautiful H. Alberto, Latino, um, transgender woman who directed it. It's just one of the most beautiful movies I've worked in in a long time. Can't wait for that to hit. And then I have uh, another movie about mental illness on Amazon right now called Hypochondriac. 
and that's out. And then there's another one that's uh, another psych. I, I like scary movies. You can't live here anymore. That I do with my friend Guillermo Diaz from Labyrinth. So that'll be coming out. And Ooh. and right now, mira, esto, I'm auditioning. I'm unemployed. Lincoln Lawyer's gone. We're done. The rookie's in hiatus. So. Yes. <laughs> I'm yeah. looking for my next job. Yeah. Oh, my God. But I have things coming. I also have something that should drop on stars soon. I can't say too much about it. But it's part of the power world. So that'll be lovely. Yeah. And that was really great to work on. So those are things that will be coming down the pike. But yeah. I have some things that you can catch me on. The Rookie right now, I think, tonight. Yeah. Which probably by the time this air, it'll be done. But yeah. you can catch me. <laughs> Hulu. Yes. Hulu has uh, everything now. That's great. Right? That's great. Yeah. It, well- it, it, um, I love everything that you're doing. I mean, I'm so grateful that you're here with me and that we get to explore and debate and, and have a conversation, you know? I think it's important. That's why I don't, I love doing the, this type of stuff even more than, you know, going to, let's just talk. Yes. And I got, and I, listen. I, can talk. <laughs> I can talk. And listen. Yeah, me too, honey. Me too. And listen, you listen. Yeah. Listening is again, one of the most important things, whatever job you're doing most important thing is listening and reacting, right? Yeah. Receiving and, and giving back. But if you don't listen, then you're just shooting out words or your predestined ideas or preconditioned ideas. That's what you're doing. You're not listening. You're yeah. not receiving anything. You're just... Yeah. It's a lousy actor. A lousy judge. Yeah. A lousy lawyer. Oh, <laughs> oh believe me. I know. There's- a lousy plumber. A lousy yeah. husband. People that can't listen may just lousy. I listen. know. Yeah. <laughs> For me, it's always been, I rather listen to people than actually talk. Like I really rather do that. It allows me to process my inner work and just like, okay, if I'm receiving this information from this person, how is that uplifting me? How is this going to help me be a better person. So for me, the art of listening is way more important than talking and speaking. And even you as a lawyer, how can I be a better person to you now if I'm listening to you? How can I receive what you're giving to me and then be a better person? Not only just taking what you're giving me, but how can I give that back to you? That's the secret, right? That is the secret, I think, of humanity intention. Just like, even though I don't like what you're, you're receiving, I don't, I don't like what you're saying. I don't like what you're saying. But how am I receiving this? that then I can digest it right. and that I can then give it back to you without, well, we can have a debate without throwing things at each other. Yeah. Without being yeah. disrespectful. I mean, maybe seven years of therapy has also told me like, you know, I hear you. I hear what you're saying because I have to hear you. Right. Even that's part of negotiation, right? right? The first thing you have to say to a person is I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. But now I'm going to tell you what, and, and forget even the, but I hear you. I feel this way, right? And then yes. and then now you can start a conversation without an attack. Yes, yes. Without an yes. attack. Yeah. It's not easy, but I think if we can do it just even in everyday simple lives. And it's <laughs> I'm saying this out loud as I, you know, my mother drives me crazy and I'm like, okay, listen, she's old. It's a daily mantra, but it's a daily mantra. Yeah. It's yeah. Life. Everything yeah. changes. It's daily. Exactly. Well, Amiga, I know that um, our time is almost up, but before I let you go, I always ask my guests if they could provide like one or two tips on how an Amiga can handle her shit. I think the best way for Amigas and Amiga to handle her shit, especially if the shit has become a little overwhelming, 
is to turn to your amiga and ask for help. Mm, yeah. Because sometimes we get, it's really hard for me, for example, to ask for help, even though I understand I need a village or whatever, because I need it. It's to let go. That's what your amigas are there for. That's what your community is there for. And especially Latinas, we get to not ask for help because we can handle it. But when you need the help, mm-hmm. but that's emotional, financial, like ask for the help. Yeah. Ask for the help with sides. For ask, sometimes I'm like, I can handle this. I've been doing this for 20 years. And then sometimes I'm like, no, I don't need, really this would be, I need help. You know, it's just ask. Ask for help. For what you need. Yeah, we don't get what we need. We can't continue to help other people. Mm, yes. I yes. would say that. Ask if you need help from your amiga. And then turn around and do tequila night at least once a month. <laughs> I love that. Cheers to you to that. I wish I had tequila with me right now. <laughs> Once a month, you have your tequila night with the girls. Yeah, <laughs> it's so important. I mean, I, you know, as you're saying, ask for help. I just finished doing an event, and I had this dream two years ago. Was the first time I did the event, and I had this dream. I said, I want to create an event where I get to empower women. And we did one last year in the month of International Women Month, and yeah. it was profound. And we just did our second year. And I'm like, the only way that could have happened is because I asked for help. Because it's okay. It's, it's okay. okay that we don't have to do or lead everything. Or sometimes we just have to put two people together. Yeah. Sometimes it's just that much, and you don't have to lead the help to everybody. And, and it's a daily struggle for me because you know look i mean i bore my parents it is it is absolutely insane that you know you're you know i can't any younger but um you just do you know and and you're allowed to do but because you're doing you also have to allow yourself to ask for help yeah take your time take care of yourself whether that is go to a korean spa get your massage get a foot or whatever it is that makes you feel better having that ice cream you don't have to do it every day but you allow yourself allow, allow yourself schedule it i have to schedule it and i allow it and i put it in i'm going to pilates these days and i'm just going to do that for myself i'm going to do three classes again i put it in my schedule even if i have to change it because it's like well i'll see what i'm doing that day no put it in your schedule write it down yeah. write your time down in your schedule like you write down your work yeah mm-hmm. we definitely need that reminder like um Eso viene con edad, yeah <laughs> <laughs> You get older. Yo tengo una amiga, Patricia Ray. She's like, hay que mantenerse a otro nivel. You know, like an antique car. <laughs> I love that. You know? Yeah. <laughs> what would you do if it was an antique car? You would like make sure that it was nice. Bamper the hell out of it, right? Yes. You shine, air, yeah. you shine, you put high grade stuff into it. Yeah. Hey, I guess it's all Yes, that's right. We're all these beautiful, antique, precious <laughs> vessels. Exactly. Vessels. Yes. vessels that give life. I mean, that's pretty good. Ooh. Yes, <laughs> we are vessels that give life. We are so, so freaking powerful. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I like kick myself just thinking like, you're a fucking mom. You you're could, a badass and a lawyer and you're doing this and you're creating events and you're doing yeah yes. we, por eso los hombres no tienen miedo 
Yeah, because <laughs> that's why they kind of keep us at bay as far as getting in charge. We've been having to scratch our way up. But yeah. like... Yes. Well, amiga, I am so Un grateful. Conocerte. Uh, likewise, my love. And thank you so much for being here <laughs> with me. And I can't wait to see you. I'm so excited for this Aristotle and Dante. I'm like, woo! It is such a beautiful movie. Me too. It's Latinos, not stereotypical, not, you know, it's just beautiful. And and it's yeah. beautifully shot and H did an amazing job with it. And I'm uh, I'm hoping that one comes out first. Uh, you Can't Live Here Anymore is, I think, probably still in, in editing. So that's a ways away. Yeah. I'm just blessed to have you here. And then we had this beautiful conversation. And, yes. And maybe when Aristotle and Dante come out, you come back. And, Even, and when we'll the stuff it. drops, I'll come back. Absolutely. I would Beautiful. love to. Beautiful. Thank you so much for being Thank here you. with me. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Amiga Handle Your Shit Podcast. If anything resonates with you today, please share it with your friends and subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to share it on Instagram, Facebook, and other social media platforms. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at www.amigahandleyourshit.com. Thank you so much for listening. Gracias y hasta la próxima.